BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology. Discover the best way to avoid the shave. Cult spread positivity, right? Wrong. Today we begin a two-part conversation about Um Shinrikyo, a Japanese cult founded in the 1980s that based its beliefs around, you guessed it, the end times. Founded by a charismatic lunatic, Shoko Asahara, we'll discuss how this cult grew to become one of the strictest, merciless, and most violent cults we've covered to date. We'll talk about how they use science to develop ways to bring about Armageddon, the terrible living conditions they kept their communes in, and how much it costs the cult members to move up in the rankings. We'll discuss the punishment they doled out to their members, how they attacked their enemies, and what their plans were for expansion. Also, LSD, diapers, and sex. Let's party, baby. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought used women's panties were the strangest thing you could buy in Japan, stick around. Shoko Asahara is about to raise the bar. This is Necronomapod.
Um, they're, they're a cult, a huge cult, and their leader is called Shoko Asahara. Now, his real name is Chizua Matsumoto, and the cult is a mixture between Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, and I, and I have to say some brainwashing. And the leader, um, Asahara, has, is, he's managed to convince the followers that he has supernatural powers, and he also convinces his followers that he's able to give them supernatural powers. So it's a very very interesting um, group indeed. Now in their heyday there were 40,000 plus followers so despite the strange concepts uh, you know to the likes of you and me um, it's very popular indeed. All right out of the gate top five Tom Hanks movies in order I'm going to need your guys' lists. From five to one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not like you messed not up like with, the, uh, time. with the horror time movies asking. where you gave us the first one and then we're like, all right, well, who gives a shit now? I don't care what the rest of them are because you already gave us your first one. Who does a countdown list and starts with one? So top five Tom Hanks movies. If you guys want time to think, I'll go first or I will go last and, and give the floor to you so you guys can steal all the good picks. Hmm. You can go. Dave, first. you always end up regretting your decisions because you never think them through. You want thinking, some, no, I think I got it. That's a, that's an easy one, I think. You want you want to go first, Ian, or you want Dave to go? Um, Dave, you can go first. All right. So I'm gonna number go. five. <laughs> number five, League of Their Own. Number four, Castaway. Number three, Road to Perdition. Number two, The Burbs. And number one, Saving Private Ryan. That's my five. I left out The Bachelor, or Bachelor Party, which was a great Tom Hanks. Your and I's lists feature almost all the exact same movies. Minus one. <laughs> And I have different order. All right. What's I, the one you said? Bachelor Party? I don't know that one. It's like one of Tom Hanks' first movies back yeah. in the 80s. I don't think I've yeah. seen that. All right. I would have to say number, nope. f- number five. Number five. I got it. I got <laughs> okay. it. Number five, uh, That Thing You Do. I don't know that one. Number four, Big. Number three, Castaway. Number two, Saving Private Ryan. And number one, The Burbs. All right. Look at that. Yeah. Has to be the Burbs. Corey Feldman's That's, in that shit, too. <laughs> He's never made a bad movie, according to Ian. The Burbs is so great. It's so great. Um, my number five is League of Their Own. My number four is Forrest Gump. My number three is Burbs. Two, Saving Private Ryan. And number one is Castaway, which is in my top three all-time favorite movies, period. All right. So have you ever seen Road to Perdition? I have not. It's great. I have not seen that either. So what? You guys didn't have Forrest Gump on either of your lists. That was surprising. Mm-hmm. The movie's dumb. It is. It is not <laughs> dumb. It celebrates an imbecile doing a bunch of things that's not possible. It's ridiculous. How is it not possible? He couldn't be a <laughs> war hero. It's just dumb. He couldn't be a war hero. Got shot in the keister. <laughs> it's not a great movie. It's not. Oh, stop it! It won the Academy Award for the best movie of the year. Oh my god. You know what it beat out for Best Picture that year, though? No, I don't remember either. But it's just something really you good. You used to be able to. <laughs> you used to be able to name all the Academy no. Award nominees. What was that? Ninety four. I think it was ninety four. Um, it was something really good. You guys gonna sit here and shit on Forrest Gump? I don't love it. Do you think how many people do you think listen to the show have heard the burp or heard of the burps? Wait, are you sure it did it won? I'm pretty sure. Either or he won. I don't think it did. I would say. Most of the you think people. so? Yeah, I would. I, I always would felt like that was just like a cult classic movie. I didn't know it was like yeah. a big time thing. Oh, 95. Mm. Sorry, I would have did it win. Most. Yeah, and did he win as well? Yes, yeah, but it's a shitty movie. No big deal. Saving Private Ryan is so good, and I actually had my list complete yeah. and forgot about it and went back and was looking through a list. Yeah, that movie's so good. 
Wait, you left it out? You initially forgot? I had forgotten about it. I, like, I, I just didn't think of it. And then when I was going back and like looking through a list of his uh, um, movies, I saw it and was like, oh, that's instantly in the top two. Oh, that's right. Pulp Fiction lost to Forrest Gump, and so did yeah. Shawshank. R- ridiculous. Forrest, yeah, that's Gump, absurd. Forrest Gump is much better than Pulp Fiction. Shawshank, <laughs> Shawshank probably should have won. Wait a minute. Did you just say Forrest Gump's better than Pulp yes. Fiction? Not even close. Not even close. Forrest Gump is a fantastic movie. Oh, man. Uh, that may be the worst thing you've ever said on this show. Forrest Gump is fantastic. Pulp Fiction's good. Shawshank should have won. Exactly. That should have won. That's a damn good movie. I agree Shawshank should have won, but Pulp Fiction's number two, though. <laughs> I don't agree. What else was nominated? I, I might not even put Pulp Fiction in the top five. Really? Four Weddings and a Funeral? That was better than Forrest Gump. I've never seen that. Quiz Show? That was better than Forrest Gump. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> so that was the least best movie nominated that year. <laughs> and yet it won. Yeah, well, you know. And yet it's still probably the top of Tom Hanks' highlight reel to this day. Mm, I don't know. Oh, it is. I like, can what talk you... like an idiot, too. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't... It wasn't great. It was so... I got a 75 IQ, and I ran across the country five times. It is one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> all right. We're going to agree to disagree on this one. I guarantee you guys are in the minority on this one. The only thing good about that movie is that Robin Wright is in it. She's good. Yeah. She's kind of a bitch in it. Yeah. But it's all right. Is that Jenny? <laughs> okay. Jenny. <laughs> Who then I want, went on to become Claire Underwood. Oh, yeah. So that was a really long Tom Hanks conversation. I didn't yeah. expect it to get that uh, deep. Well, check yeah. out Road to Perdition, though. I will watch it. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I've never seen that movie. All right. So we're back at the cults. My favorite category. Yeah. It's and a it, good one. Yeah, and this one is... um, It's a cult that has... A, or it still has a corporate structure to it. I mean, this group is worth so much money, and we'll see that that's the one of the the running things as to how they were able to be so successful and accomplish the scary shit that they were able to accomplish. And they're a recent cult, like to today even. Like they're not one of these ones that started, you know, fifties and sixties or or you know way back. This right. is more recent modern our lifetimes yeah i mean it still exists to this day people still believe in uh shoko asahara so it's very uh very current Hmm. good for them yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure in the pronunciation exactly on this because there's a few different ways out there but aleph or arfu formerly named um shinrikyo is a japanese doomsday cult founded by shoko asahara in 1984 and we're going to go with um, Shinrikyo throughout the uh, course of this series. Right, because Aleph for Arfu is what they've been rebranded as. Okay. When you do bad things and try to hide your past to come up with a new name. <laughs> yeah. Um, children of God do the same thing? Yes, they rebranded multiple times. They're now the Family International. Yeah. No, we're not those kid fuckers anymore. <laughs> we're yeah. the Family International. They didn't anticipate the internet coming around. Yeah. Um, Shinrikyo would attempt to kick off Armageddon on their own in 1995 with a sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway system. But before we get into all that stuff, we have to get into the life of Shoko Asahara and the beginnings of Um Shinrikyo. Before he would change his name to Shoko Asahara, Chizuwa Matsumoto was born on March 2nd, 1955 
into a very poor family in Yatsushiro Kumamoto, Japan, who worked and they worked as tatami mat makers, which is like the the bamboo mats. Yeah, for the flooring in the houses. Okay. Um, but they were extremely poor. They lived in like a shack with a dirt floor and stuff. Mm. Like, yeah, they were super poor. Chizua was born with infantile glaucoma, which made him completely blind in his left eye and partially blind in his right eye. As a child, he was bullied, but when he was enrolled in a school for the blind, that little bit of eyesight he had would be a major factor in helping Chizua master the manipul- master being manipulative at a very early age. So he is a piece of shit from the get-go. Well, when... No one can see, and you can see a little bit. Because you would think you would use that to help people. No, not this guy in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> so, well, his brother was full because in Japan you get um, like a, like a government voucher kind of thing for having a blind child and sending them to a blind school. So one of his brothers was fully blind, and they just kind of lumped chisel yeah. in with that and we're like yeah you can see a little bit but you know what you're going to because so two vouchers coming in <laughs> right so um i mean when you're that poor yeah i mean i don't see anything wrong with it but he used it to his advantage can you uh, smoke weed for glaucoma when it's infantile glaucoma <laughs> probably not. <laughs> not i'm not sure you could <laughs> So he would basically act as a seeing eye person for the other kid, the, the other blind kids. And for example, he would lead them to the barber to get their haircut. But when the haircut was over, Chiswood would charge the kids to take them back to the school, or he would just <laughs> leave them there standing in the street. <laughs> okay, so a moron. He had basically made these kids like his servants, like they would buy his his lunch for him and stuff like the whole school was terrified of him at they a very early list against him. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, I'm over here. I'm over here. Right. What are they going to do? Right. <laughs> I'm not trying to make a joke. Marco. Polo. <laughs> Marco. Now we're making blind Polo. jokes. <laughs> And I know there were stories too it about. It's not funny. It's, <laughs> we're just as big a piece of shit as him. Well, there were stories too with him with these blind kids where he would play a game that he called pro wrestling, where he would teach them how to do wrestling moves. And when he felt that, that they weren't doing them right, he would do them t- to the blind kids super hard to, as punishment. Oh. <laughs> so, like that said, does not sound safe one bit. No, he was using this this little bit of eyesight as uh, to his advantage the mm. whole time. Got to use what the good Lord gave you, right? Yeah. Amen. Chisel <laughs> uh, was very intelligent, too, especially in math. So with these early con artist skills and being very smart, he graduated high school with $30,000 in his pocket. So and that's, too a, shabby that's, back a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of money. Guess we're the fools for laughing at him. So a few years after high school, Chisel moved to Tokyo, where he married a, a rich woman named Tomoko. And they would go on to have six children. With funding from his wife, he opened the Matsumoro Acupuncture Clinic, where he sold very expensive uh, like pseudoscience treatments. The first successful medicine that Chizua came up with was called Almighty Medicine, which was just orange peel inside of, inside a bottle of alcohol solution. <laughs> He was able to convince people to pay $7,000 for a three-month treatment of this stuff. So what's the treatment? Just ingest a little bit of the bottle? Yeah. And after like a month when nothing was happening, they'd come back and pay for another two months of this shit? Well, you got to at least pay for the three months. 
to get any results. I, I would assume that's I guess the, so. No give back. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault your body sucks and it didn't work. Right. You didn't follow the plan. And at this time, like other cult leaders too, like at this time, he he tried to, to he wanted to get into politics at this time. And he did try to be a lawyer. But like with all other cult leaders, they just really suck at doing uh normal things in life like they fail at doing normal stuff in life you know what i mean mm-hmm. so they always come back to this this scammy shit so he he did try to to branch out into the normal in, into something normal but it, it never worked out with them so he's really just a modern equivalent of a snake oil salesman exactly like a bottle of vodka or yeah rubbing alcohol probably <laughs> right. an orange peel <laughs> big capital investment there but so even though he was really successful with the with the fake medicines um, he wanted more. So in 1984, he founded the Um Association of Mountain Wizards. Were they called Amwa? Or, I mean, that's nothing fun. Like, <laughs> Mike, that's the romanization name of the Japanese word. His first step with this group was to buy ads in Japan's Twilight Zone magazine, promoting the psychic abilities you could gain by joining this group. So what was the Twilight Zone magazine? Basically, like, kind of a... Paranormal, nerdy magazine. Okay, all rolled into one. Yeah, but didn't have anything to do with the show, The Twilight Zone. I don't. I don't okay. think so. Our friend Ed from Pod Van Dam might know. Get him on the hotline. Ed, reach out to us if you know Twilight Zone magazine. In these, uh, in these ads, Chiswa claimed that he could look into past lives, read minds, move through walls, meditate for hours underwater. And levitate. And the levitation was like his bread and butter with this thing. Like he ate it? (laughs) (laughs) He just gave me a look like a dad (laughs) gives his kid in the back seat when like they're talking too much. And he's just like, will you shut up? (laughs) Your backhand's going to be coming at me in a minute. I've never seen him give a look like that before. I don't think I looked at you like anything. (laughs) You (laughs) did. It, was it like a I'm not in the mood for you, Forrest Gump kind of kind of look? <laughs> My name is Forrest Forrest Gump. You must be Gen A. You want my pay pay Gen A? No, wait a minute. He didn't say that. It's director's cut. They did bang and have a kid in that movie, didn't they? Spoiler yeah. alert! But yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. It come out 25 years ago. <laughs> So eventually, um, eventually Chiswell was able to get a full page spread in this magazine that showed a picture of him in a sitting position, levitating a few inches off the ground. He was able to do this by using a yoga technique where you use your thigh muscles to push off the ground. And just at the right time, the pic- the picture was taken. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's like David Blaine used to do with his feet and it looked like he was floating up. <laughs> right. Get the fuck out of here. That would be hard to do to push yourself up from a sitting position like that. So that like your inside thigh muscle pushes up so it looks like your whole so like your body's like, off. Like, like your legs like crossed. Guru style. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you push up. That would be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. One of us will learn to master that and that'll be our album cover. There you meditating. go. See, yoga's evil. Just like the Christians always tell you. It's bringing in the devil. <laughs> Is that what they say? Yeah, stay away. Do they really say that about yoga? Yeah. I didn't know that. Eastern medicine, Eastern uh, Eastern religious stuff. Okay. Opening yourself up to satanic possession. I mean, yoga doesn't sound fun to me, but if you want to do it, go ahead. These um these ads 
were super successful and eventually the small place the small space it was like a studio apartment that Chiswick was operating couldn't hold any more students so separate branches started opening up all over Japan and because most of his followers were coming from Twilight Zone magazine Chiswick quickly realized that basically lonely nerds were the best people to go after like that was that was going to be his core were these really really smart young lonely nerds basically sure no social smarts very book smart but mm-hmm. no street smart right yeah like no common sense kind of marks yeah and they and it's really specific over there too they're called otakus otaku otakus where they because life is so busy in japan and there's so much going on that they just kind of like shut down and just completely like isolate themselves from the world. Like the people. The people. Called, young people. What are they called? They call it otakus. Otakus? It's a otaku, like A T or O T A K U, I believe. Hmm. But it's and a so really they're just kind of like hermits and just keep to themselves yeah. and stay in. Yeah, it's like a but big, then they're really smart. Yeah. It's a huge it's a phenomenon. Like I said, they have their own word for it over so there. So that's a perfect pool to get a cult from. Yeah. To get your people from. Does that translate to incel in this country? They're not. They're not shitheads. <laughs> I think they just really they don't become w- shitheads when when Ashahar is done with them. Okay, but yeah, no. It, incels are just they're a breed of their own. Did, have we talked about them before? <laughs> a few times, yeah. So supposedly around this time, while meditating on a beach, Chiswa heard a message from God that said, "Quote: I have chosen you to lead God's army." And then later on, he met a man in the mountains that told him, quote, Armageddon will come at the end of this century. Only a merciful, godly race will survive. The leader of this race will emerge in Japan. Okay. So God spoke, so, God spoke to him. And this random guy and told some him. some random guy. <laughs> some dude walking, hiking <laughs> right. or something? Well, so the God thing is <laughs> bullshit. But he, Wait, how do you know? <laughs> he did well, really go on a, a retreat in, in the mountains for the, like this yoga kind of stuff and someone did really tell him that but it wasn't like directed at him this was just something somebody said and it was like a light bulb went off in his head it was like oh wait a second uh, this yeah. is i'm gonna be the one that emerges and and is the leader of the uh this godly race but you're sure god didn't talk directly to him we cannot confirm uh, well, or well, deny yeah, we can't confirm that okay, so it's possible god might have told him that okay Anything's possible with Jesus, Dave. All things are possible with Jesus, Mike. Well, anything also. Because <laughs> anything is all things. <laughs> Psalms 15. Ephesians um, 30. Deuteronomy <laughs> 6. Um, <laughs> I'm out of Bible verses. That's all I got. Leviticus. Because you guys have to learn that song. What's Genesis, that? Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Oh, that's horrific. And then we had to learn one from the New Testament. That sounds Matthew, very cultish. Mark, Luke and John, Acts and <laughs> Romans and Corinthians, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Timothy, <laughs> Titus, Philemon, Hebrew, James. Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, and Revelations. I butchered some of that, but that's what we got to learn. Dave is terrified right now. <laughs> I've, I'm just, I've, I've never heard that. We had to learn one for the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah. 
I wish. And I at the end, of they go like, "Now I know my Bible books. Drop your pants. I'm going to rape you in the ass." <laughs> in the uncensored LP, but I'm trying to sell this at Target. Yeah, we used to have to learn that. Then I forgot it, clearly. Clearly you did not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I, well, I didn't remember the Old Testament one. New Testament, maybe. Well, it's such a catchy song. It's on Kanye's new album, probably. <laughs> you know, the one that dropped a week ago, right, mm. Ian? Yeah, I was fooled again. <laughs> Every time. Speaking of gurus. Yeah. That dude just straight cult now. It's 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 looking a little strange out there in Wyoming. I think is where he's at. Is doing, he really? And doing all that stuff, yeah, hmm. out in the middle of like a field kind of thing. It's great. No Yeezy. So when Chizua got back from this mountain retreat, he changed his name to Shoko Asahara and declared that he would be the one to lead Japan through Armageddon. So going forward, we're gonna refer to him as Shoko Asahara. Um, I can't wait for Armageddon personally. So the, the rapture will come. All those wacky Christians will all float up to heaven, and all the rest of the normal people will still be here. It'll be awesome. Is that how it works? I yeah. thought it's everything ends. Well, there's still some time though. It's just the kicking it off. We'll have a few good years, I think. I think it, yeah. You just take what you want. It's like seven of us left, really. <laughs> you know, I, I will say <laughs> if if I'm Shinrikyo's version of uh, Armageddon just stayed as an anime plot line it would have been pretty insane it sounds pretty fucking sweet but <laughs> for an anime yeah but in real life real fucking life <laughs> yeah. good point yeah in real life Those when jagoffs are running around <laughs> hurting people so after he changed his name shoko went full guru mode to give off this godly appearance he grew a huge beard grew his hair super long and he started wearing purple robes at all times and the color purple becomes like a big thing with mm. with um Shinrikyo. He does have a sweet beard. He he thought, I mean, he's got that whole guru thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he gained a ton of weight and everything. He's an interesting looking guy. Yeah. Um, you can see why you'd follow him. <laughs> soon after he changed his name, he changed the name of the organization from the Mountain Wizards to Um Shinrikyo, which translates to Um Supreme Truth. He blended elements of. Indian Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism, as well as Hinduism. However, Shoko put a twist on what he was preaching. At the base of all of his Armageddon beliefs was the Hindu god Shiva the Destroyer, who in some interpretations is responsible for the death of all things. Which, Shiva the Destroyer, man, the artwork for... It's badass. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got things cool. forearms and just wrecking stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If this stated as an anime plotline, it would have been fucking sweet. He also incorporated ideas from the Book of Revelations along with Shiva the Destroyer. And this is where he kind of gets his own version of Armageddon. Yeah, so a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Pour some more of this in. And uh, here Taking, we go. Oh, this sounds good. This Taking sounds all the crazy right. shit from everything. Like a, yeah, greatest right. hits of all the other cults and exactly. what they believe. That always turns out well. Shoko made his first apocalyptic prediction in 1987, saying that nuclear war was going to happen sometime between 1999 and 2003, and the only way to stop it was to have a Buddha in every country in the world. However, Shoko would be the main Buddha that all the other Buddhas would follow and report back to. And if this could happen, or if this could be achieved by 1999, with Shoko ruling these Buddhas from Japan, then there would be no World War Three 
and he put an official <laughs> Shoko Asahara guarantee on that. Nice. Yeah. That holds he's, a lot of weight. <laughs> he's quoted. He's, that is a guarantee. Damn. I guarantee it. That's a kind of a short timeline to get a Buddha in every country ruling. Like 12 right? years. 12 years. Yeah. Doesn't seem like an easy task. Well, he wasn't in this just for the quick money, Dave. <laughs> he's in this for the long haul. He's got to put in the work. <laughs> Around this time, Shoko wrote and published the first of many books. And this one was titled The Secrets of Developing Your Supernatural Powers. This book is what really made Um Shinrikyo take off with ads claiming you will learn how to tell the future, read people's minds, develop x-ray vision, levitate, travel to the fourth dimension, and be able to hear the voice of God. So that sounds pretty fucking awesome. So what was in this book? Because that sounds fantastic. And I would buy this book. Currently on Amazon for 99 cents. It's available well, with Prime. Well, to, to start learning this, this shit, he started charging $350 per psychic session that promised uh, miracle recoveries from injuries mm. and all the above. So. All right, so that's a good deal. I would still pay three fifty for all those powers per session, though. It How many sessions do I learn all that stuff? You're not oh, learning it in one session. That's for sure. You can't learn how to have X-ray vision and. What else did we say? Not in one sitting? Yeah, no. <laughs> can't levitate with my X-ray vision and go to the fourth dimension. <laughs> What's in the fourth dimension? That. Uh, the elevator game thing was that the fourth dimension? Oh, oh wow. where you go and the lady That's in the, right. when in the we, elevator game? We talked about the that Elisa in the Lam. Um, Elisa Lam one. That was one of the theories. Yeah, the Korean elevator game. Yeah, the yeah. woman gets in the elevator and you're supposed to not talk to her. Don't look at her. That's really creepy too. Yeah, yeah. that game is probably also impossible to play. Whoever has that kind of time to be on an elevator where it doesn't get interrupted by some other jackass trying to get on the elevator. Yeah, how dare you know that I mean? how like, dare that jackass yeah. want to try and Dude, ride get the out elevator? Take the fucking steps for once in your miserable life. <laughs> so I fat can. fuck. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to go to the fourth dimension here. Piece of shit. I fun fact, I'm a big fan of steps. I take steps whenever possible. Elevators creep me out a little bit. I don't want to be in them. Well, it's good for you. I mean, unless you're going to the 65th floor or something. Well, yeah. I would reconsider at that point, but I don't know. Elevators just make me nervous. Like, have you ever been to the Empire State Building? Did you take the stairs? I'm, we've talked. I've never been to New York City. The oh, one that's, big that's city right. I've yeah. never been to. Yeah. I, I would not take the stairs. No. People take. So is State that a thing building. they do? Like they take the stairs? No, I don't think so. It's way up there. Yeah, like pack a lunch for that shit. It's like a hundred something floors. No thanks. Yeah, fuck that. No thanks. I'll just look from the bottom. The elevator rides long enough. <laughs> need a pack of lunch for that too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like we said, he had he was charging three fifty per psychic session to get to get these um these promises, but to officially join Um Shinrikyo, it cost seven hundred and fifty dollars. The more in the more you paid, like if you paid up above the seven hundred and fifty, you'd get special stuff like um like a picture with Shoko. But if you had a lot of money and you joined at two thousand dollars. You would get a gallon of Shoko Asahara's used bath water that was said to have special properties, like magical properties. So I don't know if you're supposed yeah, like to drink shit. that bath water or <laughs> or what you're doing with it. But <laughs> have you seen a picture of Shoko Asahara? No. His used bath water? Maybe I should. Google that guy real quick. I want the x ray vision. I don't want the bath water. You I'm still the, in for two grand if I get all those special powers. You don't want the, the special magical properties from I, the bath water? God, damn. I, I do not want that. <laughs> I do not want his bath water. 
I want to tell the future, read people's minds, develop x-ray vision, levitate, and travel to the fourth dimension. <laughs> so for two grand, I'm all in on that. Oh, boy. And I mean, obviously, all that sounds ridiculous, by, but by 1988, Um Shinrikyo had a following of around 1,500 members all across Japan. So he was growing rapidly through all this. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Considering how many different um, groups like this were in Japan at the time. Because when World War II ended and state-sponsored, when the empire fell Hmm. and state-sponsored religion went away, it kind of created like this vacuum for all these religious groups, especially guru-led yoga, which some of those could be considered Hmm. on the borderline of cultish. So there were tons of, especially the guru-led yoga at the time, and Shoko just, you know, through those years, he... Was like, hey, I'm an, I can do this and I can flip it big time. I have another question. Yeah, how much do you think we could sell Mike's bath water for <laughs> on our Patreon Discord channel? Three dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Also, who takes baths anymore? Come on. Yeah. Wow, that's so gross. Taking a bath? Taking a bath or you? No, having <laughs> buying bath water. Probably taking a bath too, but. Not that bad. Magical properties. Dude. Maybe I could sell my hot tub water. There you go. A lot of that. How about just sell uh, like a afternoon in Dave's hot tub? I, I would be open to selling that too. Just drink some beers, watch some you know football or whatever. Sit in the hot tub. Do I have to sit in there too? I, that's up to you. <laughs> Can I just be up in the air conditioning? <laughs> sure. Well, it's almost winter now. It'd be nice in the so, hot tub. Much like uh, so much like Scientology. Um, Shinrikyo had different levels to enhance your supernatural powers, but of course that would cost extra money. Ah, didn't see that coming. (laughs) So for $7,000, 30 members at a time would drink three spoonfuls of what was supposedly Shoko Asahara's blood to give them enhanced magical properties. And another example of getting to a higher level was a tea that was brewed with Shoko Asahara's hair, and that was sold for $800 a quart. <laughs> oh, that's where you get grossed out, that part. You don't want to drink tea brewed oh. with Shoko's hair? I would rather do that than have his bath water. I don't think I would. I would rather what, a drink. Wait, you, you don't have to dr- drink the bath water, do you? Well, I don't you know just, what they were doing with it exactly. but well, I wouldn't drink that. Which one would you drink? I would drink the hair tea, yeah, I think, before the too. bath water. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, among the two or between. But the I don't two. think they said what you do with the uh, yeah. bath water. Right, you might just have that as a keepsake. Just hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the only way to become truly enlightened was if you went through these twenty-some levels, because those were just two examples. There was little. I think it was like twenty-one or twenty-two levels. You finally get through that, and you pay eight thousand dollars to do a one-on-one sitting with Shoko and drink tea. Members who got to this point would just sit across from Shoko, like meditation style, and drink this tea, but they didn't know that it was laced with LSD. <laughs> so, they so should have guessed. Well, so then Shoko Asahara starts like putting his hands on their head and like staring at them real intense. That blows your fucking mind, especially, yeah. and you don't know that you've been <laughs> just been laced with LSD. It's pretty smart on his part, actually. It's well, yeah, plan. because it's like what's happening to you right now is because he's yeah. so godly yeah, and transforming. All these energy. cult leaders are real smart at the beginning, and they yeah, they fuck yeah, it up. It's not bad. 
so yeah i mean he would do in like the speaking in tongues kind of thing and that would just yeah that would completely blow people's minds which we spoke in tongues on this show before Yes. It's pretty cool when God just enters you and you start speaking. God entered you. <laughs> like, Mecca, Lecca, hi, Mecca, hi, ho. See, I just did it right there. Speaking in tongues. I bet you those Christian groups would be a lot more successful if they started slipping people with some LSD on the side and then doing that they, shit. They might be. Yep. Although if you're believing that shit, I don't think you even need the extra <laughs> kick in the pants in the right direction. Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> but so like with all good cults, um, um, Shinrikyo started building a compound in 1988 close to Mount Fuji and required members to cut ties with family members and give all their assets to the cult. Classic. Yeah. He also threw in classic cult techniques of very little sleep, hard labor and minimal food like rice and tofu. And I'm not sure exactly what it is about rice, but that is like a cult classic is like just this really minimal diet of rice it like breaks that's what jonestown yeah a ton of cults use right like rice and beans a lot of time it like because it's cheap to get right but it's like get big quantities of it yeah and it it doesn't really fill you up it keeps you hungry you're malnourished you don't have the energy to kind of right fight against what they're selling you i guess yeah i mean that that's what this i mean this is completely breaking yeah you know the malnourished and no sleep is just breaks you down punishments that had no age limits also started in what shoko asahara called quote karma disposal which would release negative energy from the person by beating them with wooden sticks for the smallest infractions and and some of this was like when people came in they had like he said everybody had bad karma except for him Ah. So when even when like a new person came in, sometimes they would have to have their ass kicked to release their bad karma. <laughs> you know what it made me think it's of? It's like jumping you into the gang, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when I said I had bad karma, I sent that dessert home for you when I was super drunk? Yeah. Yeah. So I would have just gotten my ass that kicked. That was bad karma instead of the giving, before. Yeah. Instead of sending you home. For yelling at Dave for eating a cookie? Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I did something else. Yeah, you made fun of people no, at the I, store. No, I did. I said something shitty. Now I need to do good karma on my side. It was something. So instead of helping those people, you sent Dave home with desserts. (laughs) I sent (laughs) worked out well for Dave, (laughs) not the people you belittled. I'm fine with that. (laughs) But I would have just gotten my ass kicked instead of trying to get good karma back on my side. So anyone who's listening, if you have bad karma because you did something shitty, send Dave some desserts and all is well. I like that plan of attack. And if you put some LSD in his tea, I don't think he's gonna be that upset about it. Put on Karma Police from Radiohead, and you guys can send me all the desserts. There you go. If members kept breaking rules after after getting beaten with the wooden sticks and stuff, they'd be locked in a very small room for multiple days with only a TV playing videos of Shoko Asahara talking, and it was at like deafening volume. That just, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, just like just straight up isolation. Yeah, that's what um, Jonestown ish too, right? With him playing over the speakers? The like, loudspeakers, yeah. yeah. But this was like... You isolation. Isolation yeah. and just bl- your ears blasted out. With and he's on TV, so you have to <laughs> yeah. look at this ugly motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. At this point, too, it's it's important to note, like we were saying earlier, that these weren't stupid people joining Um Shinrikyo. Like, they were getting some of the... some 
extremely smart scientists and engineers and they were even siphoning people off of Japan's uh, space program and stuff like these were really smart people that were joining um Shinrikyo so with all these scientists coming in and we'll get into the anime and, and manga aspect of his uh of how he would promote the cult but he started using Isaac Asimov's science fiction found the foundation trilogy where, quote, an, an elite group of spiritually evolved scientists forced to go underground during an age of barbarism so as to prepare themselves for the moment when they emerge to rebuild civilization. So that work, that plays right into what he's got going on here because now he's saying, like, okay. Sounds perfect for them. Yeah, it, it fits right in. And those scientists probably ate that shit up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? So he's got this this perfect blend of apocalyptic beliefs with Shiva the Destroyer and uh, the Book of Revelations. And now he's thrown in the science fiction stuff. And the scientists and engineers were established as like the higher class of the cult. With that, Shoko Asahara would start having them experimenting on members. The first device was called the Perfect Salvation Initiation. And this was kind of like a, like a rubber, like a rubberish cap that members would wear on their heads, and it was covered with electrodes. Where every every couple minutes, a six volt shock would be sent into their brain, and kids weren't immune from this either. They got a three volt shock. So well, they're not savages. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Electricity to your head is never a good idea. Yeah, but six volt, that's like less than a nine volt battery, no? It's not um, much, right? Like if you put your tongue in a nine volt battery, it's not much. I don't think I've ever done that before. What? I, I don't think I have. Is that a thing people do? I mean, it buzzes you. Yeah, a little buzz. But, but Back in the it, 80s when we had no other things to do, we <laughs> put batteries in our mouths. <laughs> hey, you, you had fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little... Eh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe multiple. I just don't think I want to be walking around with this hat on my head and shocking me all damn day. It'll get old real quick. Yeah, it would be. Um, it would be uncomfortable. What's I would the assume. point? Just to fuck with people. Gets you on the same meditative wavelength as Asahara. Yeah, because it's the well, next that, sentence, Dave. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that was what was said was that it would get you on that that meditative wavelength is. Ashoko Asahara. Meanwhile, he's just tripping on LSD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, full-time members who had given up everything got this this shock cap for free. <laughs> so it's like, like a little coupon voucher. Yeah. If you give us everything, you get one free shock cap. Because <laughs> not everybody was living in the compound. I mean, you this they was... fought over those like the Willy Wonka golden tickets. <laughs> <laughs> They had members like out in the world too, so not not everybody was in the um, in the compound. But so if you gave up everything, you got it for free. But um, other members had to rent the cap for seven thousand dollars a month, and then if you wanted to buy it outright, it was seventy thousand dollars. And I was looking too because I'm like, this is a lot of fucking money involved. Like how like wealthy, you know, they, these people must have been. And so I was looking, there was like a major economic boom in Japan at the time. Okay. And I guess the scientists were like, like, it's not like America where really smart people don't make that much, but like teachers and shit don't make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like over there, like they really value they were getting smart paid. people. Yeah. The scientists and stuff make bank over there. 
Did they have any like rent to own options in case you <laughs> want to just dip your foot in the water? You don't want to fork over 70K. You can lease it. Yeah. Lease to own, rent to own. So as this continued to grow, it also got to um, the stage that most cults get to. Uh, there, there, there's no greater sin than trying to leave the cult. Their favorite punishment for wanting to leave was to hang someone upside down and dunk their head in freezing water to, quote, help clear their mental state. That does work, though. I take cold showers. That works. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I think there's a little difference. (laughs) Than hanging someone upside down. I don't hang myself upside down, but cold showers are fantastic. it's not ice cold water. You're dipping your whole head. It's pretty cold. Cold showers are great. Yeah. Yeah, They're fantastic. Well, in the summer. I don't know if I'm going to do them in the winter. Even better in the winter. No. Yeah. We'll see. I'll test it out. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, when you're not, when there's no age limits on doing things like that, you're going to kill someone eventually. And an elderly man died from this eventually, dunking him into freezing water. Over Hanging and an over old guy <laughs> upside down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't great to begin with. <laughs> right. So this was the first death that, that we know of at the hands and of the And this was for Shinrikyo. trying to leave. Like the, the commune. Right. The other one that I found specifically was a guy fell in love with a girl inside the cult. And they went to Shoko Asahara and said that they felt that their love was greater than the love of Um Shinrikyo. And they wanted to leave. Oh, I'm like, oh, no. wrong thing to say, mm. buddy. What do you think? Stupid motherfucker. <laughs> they put them in boiling water upside down. So And boiled them alive? I don't think they died. Oh, but Jesus. Yeah. When I was reading, I'm like, the balls on this guy to go yeah. up and tell the leader that his he found love greater yeah. with this woman. How'd that work out for you, pal? Mm-hmm. So this guy that died at this time from from being dunked in the freezing water, he's the first death that's that's known of at the hands of Um Shinrikyo. So a friend of this guy who who um this guy who died was also a member of Um Shinrikyo, and he was like a holdover from the beginning of the um association of mountain wizard days like so he the, some of those people were starting to get a little like, like disillusioned with this shit that yeah. was going on he's like i just want to cast my spells and fly on my broom around <laughs> right we're trying to my do mountain wizard for fuck's sake <laughs> we're trying to do cool shit out here <laughs> fucking larping up in the mountains <laughs> um <laughs> So, I mean, but they couldn't let this guy just leave and and tell the police. So they strangled him to death with a rope. Well, what else are they going to (laughs) do? Am I right? (laughs) So now they had an accidental death and just a straight up murderer. So Shoko Asahara had to come up with some way to explain this to his followers. And to explain this, he introduced the belief of POA. POA is a Buddhist meditation process that can be applied to someone at the moment of, the, of their death or leading up to their death to ease their consciousness into the afterlife, essentially like bypassing some of the steps to get to nirvana. So instead of like going through this whole waiting room to get, you can POA somebody hmm. through that through that state. And it's a slow process. It's supposed to be done to a sick person. It's in the process of dying or, or something along that lines. But Shoko Asahara told his followers that killing someone was actually applying POA to them and thus would bring about better, car- better karma onto the person committing the murder and benefit the person being killed. So it's like you're getting them to heaven quicker, to nirvana faster, and you're getting good karma for getting them there. So I think that... Uh 
suggest that you should start killing more people and it might just get out of control. You're going to be yeah. and everyone. Yeah, well, we're going to get there eventually. <laughs> You're enticing me to POA. Yeah. Um, master manipulators. Yeah, that, I mean, it's really a genius way to, to come up with, yeah. to, to do this, to flip it, you know, take this ancient technique and be like, oh, you know what? We got a better way to do it here. Anything you can sell, there's always somebody buying. It's, it's amazing. It's true. So with this, with the whole idea of POA being involved now, um, Shinrikyo had an official uh, justification to murder people. Uh, we'll be right back. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. So before we get back to this wonderful cult, uh, just want to give everyone an update on the um, TV show vote for what I'm supposed to binge watch. Uh, this is the last call. Next week, we are uh, ending the vote, and I'll give the final answer as to what um, the the show is going to be. Right now, with a commanding lead, is Breaking Bad with 10 votes. Dexter and Game of Thrones are both tied for second with five votes, and everything else after that has three or less votes. So... Essentially, it's down to Game of Thrones, Dexter, and Breaking Bad. Get your votes in for those now. But but Grey's Anatomy still has a chance. Grey's right? Anatomy has two, three <laughs> votes. Actually. Fifteen seasons. Um, so it's gonna it's got a lot to catch up. But this is your last week to get your votes in um, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or however else you want to do it. Smoke signals. Um, Homing pigeon. Yeah. But uh, next week we'll end it up, and right now it's looking like I'm going to be binge watching Breaking Bad. So, what's the time frame you're giving yourself to get through this? Oh, show? I didn't think I had a rush. I just had to watch it all. Well, is it going to be like a winter project? Probably. Okay. I mean, it's hockey season, so if the Oilers are playing, I'm not watching that night. And then other nights, like I, it's not often that I'll sit and watch like five or six episodes. Are they half hour or hour? Hour. And there's how many seasons? Seven. How right? many episodes seven? a season? Breaking Bad. Yeah. Thing. I How many episodes seven. a season? Twelve. Like so that's yeah. not bad. No, no, it's not. I could probably have that done if I actually start it when next week. If I started it right away, I could probably have it done before the end of the year. Okay, it's definitely one of those shows that you don't want to stop watching. At least for me. Yeah. Because I watched it. I'm sure I'll like it. it. Was before it or right around when it ended, even I think, or mm-hmm. halfway through, I started. I first started watching it. So. 
Well, it's not officially the winner yet. I don't want to. I still have to give my vote too. You have not given your vote. Do you want to do it now, or do you want to do it next week at like the official last vote? I'll do it on the last vote. Okay. And Dave, you voted Game of Thrones. I did, but can I take it back and go Grace Anatomy? <laughs> if you want. Are you officially doing I just that? I find that really funny if you had, had to watch 15 episodes. This is your only time that you'd be able because next week mm, you can't when I it's can't, ending. I can't. No, because if it's ending, I don't. you can't change. You can that, give a vote like Ian's doing, but I would a, say, go ahead. I would say that's a network show, right? So aren't there like 20, 24 episodes yeah. times 15? <laughs> that I would need at least until July of next year to finish. <laughs> at least. No, I don't oh, want to talk about don't that bullshit. I'm sticking with Game of Thrones. All right. Um, yeah. So get your votes in. But next week we'll announce the winner. And if there's if it's really close between like two shows, like say Game of Thrones catches up and the final score is like 12 to 11 for Breaking Bad, maybe I'll just take those two shows and put out a poll and everyone has to pick between those two. Unless I decide I don't want to watch Game of Thrones and I just pick Breaking Bad because it won. <laughs> but we'll see. All right. So there's All that. Right. Get your votes in. You got one week. Please don't make me watch Grey's Anatomy. That would just be <laughs> fucking rude. Yeah, that'd be funny shit there. I wouldn't have time to do the show anymore. I'd have to watch 3,000 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Hey, what's Dr. Grey up to this week, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. Her anatomy or something. I don't know a single thing about that show. I don't either. I didn't know there was a Dr. Grey. It's Grey. I, okay. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. I, I didn't know that either. Yeah, so I'm like, I just Grey's Anatomy. I knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hope you can find out real soon. <laughs> so now that now that um, Shinrikyo had the go ahead to commit murder with uh, with the whole idea of Poa, let's get into the death of Satsumi Sakamoto. Satsumi Sakamoto was an anti-cult lawyer who, by the end of 1989, was representing 23 families in their attempts to get their teenage family members out of Umshinrikyo. And they were attracting those really uh, smart scientists and stuff, but also with the whole um, science fiction, anime shit, they were getting a lot of teenagers, too. But Sakamoto wasn't having any luck with the police because uh, the police said this was an issue between parents and their children. So to put some pressure on Um Shinrikyo, Sakamoto went on to local radio shows and attempting to expose them and basically just talking shit on them. And that's one thing like throughout this whole story is that that catches Shoko Asahara's attention immediately as bad press. He didn't like that. No. Were there any other cults, I know we talked about this a couple minutes ago, but any other cults operating at this time to the extent, like like these guys were the police not um, familiar with dealing, like, you know, in the U.S. we have tons of these wacky cults like this, but was this kind of an original thing as far as the cult and they really didn't know how to deal with well, a cult? We'll get into it on part two a lot, but it, and I think we'll get into it at the end here, but they had some high profile people involved in this as well some some police some politicians so they had internal protection yeah okay well that makes sense yeah they had um and and we'll get into it in part two but it it really seemed like they must have at least had some dirt on somebody really really high up interesting yeah but in response to this this negative press shoko gathered some people from his inner circle and told them to poa sakamoto by any means necessary. I think the quote was something along the lines of go release his soul at any means necessary. Jesus. 
Um, That's straight into the point. Yeah. So Shoko sent three of his most trusted followers. Chief scientist Hideyu Maori, martial arts expert Satoru Hasamoto, and Dr. Tomasa Nagagawa. It's like a ninja movie. <laughs> sending a hit squad out. I'm very impressed with myself so far. I'm yeah, just, just going to toot my own horn out here. That <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> I'm doing good with these names tonight. Well, Japanese Ian, man. He did his research. Yeah. So, and you know, it's a, before I get into this whole story, they had tried, they were supposed, they were supposed to get this guy by himself and they went to his office to get him, but it was national holiday. So they fucked up and we'll kind of, especially on part two, as we go through, this is kind of like a comedy of errors with this, this call. I mean, it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it, they are like a bunch of bumbling idiots when it, like the shit that they try to pull off. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe not in this situation. Well, not in this well, situation, but yeah, the, yeah. Things don't really ever go according to plan for them. So at 3 a.m., they they entered Sakamoto's house to find him sleeping in bed with his wife while their one-year-old son slept in the room next in the next room over. One of them woke the baby up by knocking into something. So Sakamoto walked into his son's room to find one of these men holding a rag over the baby's mouth and injecting him with a syringe of potassium chloride. Whew. That's the stuff they use for lethal injections to stop your heart. Yeah. Fuck that. The other two men tried to wrestle Sakamoto and inject him as well, but when that wasn't working, they just beat him to death with a hammer, and Sakamoto's wife would also be beaten to death with the hammer. Damn. Claw hammer? Probably. Yeah. Of course. What other kind of hammer is there? There's a mallet. Is, that, is it a hammer? Is it one of the hammer family? I, a mallet? I would think so. <laughs> I mean, it's like a hammer. A ball peen hammer? Yeah. That's not a claw hammer. But what about a jackhammer? Does that count? Is that in the hammer family? Sure. MC hammer? Does that count? <laughs> I believe one of our friends on Twitter uh, requested a show on hammers and named off a bunch of different kinds of hammers we could talk about. Somebody requested a hammer show? Yeah. Coming to Patreon that? soon. Okay. <laughs> it was uh, Joe Spotso. You didn't see that? Dude, it was funny. I must yeah. have missed that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Joe's a good listener, man. He retweets all of our stuff. He's always getting us out there. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. We should give him a hammer show. <laughs> he wants it. We'll give him a hammer show. <laughs> Be good. Uh, educate me on all these damn hammers. But so What's the little gimmick he used, speaking of Shawshank, that he used in Shawshank to pick his way out? A rock hammer? Yeah. See? We're hammer experts in this room. We've got this. You're an expert at getting hammered. That's about as close as you are to a hammer expert. It's one of the few things in life I'm good at, Dave. <laughs> so this this brutal triple murder, this this would really begin Um Shinrikyo as being one of the the most dangerous cults to ever exist. Probably ever exist, I would say. I don't think there's anybody in the running with Um Shinrikyo as far as being dangerous. With the potential of what they could have, the yeah. havoc they could have wreaked on the whole country. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Around this time, Shoko Asahara decided that he was going to get into politics. So he had members going out to campaign for him door to door. He lost this election terribly, but it created a huge problem for him. Members that were getting out of the compound and getting into the real world again to do this door-to-door stuff were starting to see that shit was way better out there than it was inside the compound. And a lot of them reminded them what their lives used to be like before they were 
nitwits. They're like, wait a second, we're not walking around in our own filth, eating nothing with fucking yeah. electrode hats on. <laughs> we're gonna we're just not coming back. Electrode hats. Yeah, that was a misstep on his part for sure. Yeah. But when people start questioning things in cults, especially doomsday ones, the leader usually flips their predict- predictions in a clever way to to get people to continue to go along with it. Or in like some cases, like children of God, they just gradually abandon the end of the world shit altogether. But Shoko Asahara just skipped this step completely and started his first attempts to usher in his apocalyptic beliefs by weaponizing botulism. So he just said, fuck this. I'm not going to switch what I said. We're just going to make this happen. We're going to speed it up. Yeah. <laughs> was his family involved with the cult and with the cult at this time? Because he had six kids, right? And the rich wife, are they part of this? Yes. And his third daughter, we're going to talk about her in a little bit. She, for whatever reason, was considered to be like the, the heir to the throne. Hmm. When he when he died or whatever, she was going to be the the next in line to rule. Interesting. Why her? I'm, I'm not sure. So this is where they start getting real fucking dangerous. You mean the boiling people's heads? and? <laughs> well, well, I think when you're trying to create a biological weapon. <laughs> Touche. So with, with botulism, the nerves that connect the brain to the spine experience the first symptoms. And then this then spreads to the rest of the body. And the person has violent vomiting, blurred or double vision, difficulty swallowing and and speech slurring. And then your muscles become weak. And then next you start, uh, paralysis starts to set in. And the person's breathing muscles will eventually become paralyzed, resulting in respiratory failure and death. That's a pretty horrific way to go. Yeah, and you can get it. I was reading about it. I'm like, you you can get it in food, like food poisoning versions of it. But it can be deadly, but it's not as... same strength? Yeah, as dangerous as producing it and trying to like spray it on people you know, you botulism if you don't if you do canning and you don't can properly with boiling the lids and putting them on and stuff really yep sounds terrible yeah awful yeah by april of 1990 um had a fully functioning laboratory attempting to produce mass quantities of weaponized botulinum toxin their first plan was to fit a spraying device to the exhaust of a car and just spray this shit all around the Japanese Capitol building, killing hundreds of government workers. Shoko Asahara's thought, which will become a running theme with him, is that Japan would blame the U.S. and this would kick off World War III, officially bringing about Armageddon. It's a pretty grand plan here. What does that mean, though? I mean, it's not 1941. That what was my what are they going to do? Like, by 1990, why would they think? I mean, we were allies at that point. Yeah. But they don't really have any sort of formidable military presence. It's interesting. Japan's. Japan. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Even if they so thought like, what was his we thought? started, like, yeah. Oh, those what are they gonna do? Americans, we're going to get them. Yeah. With Okay, with what? Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. I'm not sure if... Who would have been allies with Japan to back them up? Was there anybody that would have backed them up against us at that time? No, we we are. Were there right? But I mean, was would there would there have been anybody else? I don't think so. Probably the Australians, right, Dave? Yeah, <laughs> well, they'll back anybody for the right price. <laughs> oh boy. Well, it, thankfully, this attempt, and there was another attempt with with the the weaponized. Um, Bot, what is it? Botulinum. Botulinum. 
botulism. So, but thankfully, this attempt and others with with botul with weaponized botulism were failures, and that's because biological weapons and chemical weapons are way different to make. It's a lot harder to create a biological weapon because they're better made in wet forms and it would be kind of tough to just go around spraying some liquid on people without them noticing like, Hey, that car's driving around just shooting liquid out and it doesn't travel by air. I don't know. Did you ever walk through a fucking department store and everyone's spraying you with that (laughs) perfume and cologne? But that's chemical. That's not biological. Just saying they're spraying you and you just keep walking (laughs) through it. Getting all pissed off and smelling like a freaking <laughs> funeral parlor. Or like those kamikaze bukkake movies on the street that we talked about before. <laughs> Remember that discussion? No. He's over here cracking up and Ian and I are like, what the fuck's he talking about? Those gonzo porno movies where the guy oh, yeah. cranks and then runs out from around the corner and blows his load on the girl. Would you call it the kamikaze bukkake movies? And Bukaki, kind of kamikaze to, mission. But the kamikaze, Bukaki, there'd be multiple people, right? Right. You're right. Sorry. Okay. Just making sure. I think we asked Ed to let us know what they call those movies. Oh, yeah, I don't think did. we ever got an answer. <laughs> we From did. Pod Van Damme? Is that right. what we asked him? To, yeah, I think so. I think you named it quite well. Kamikaze Bukaki. <laughs> we'll go with Part it. Part one. Maybe that's how they were going to shoot the, <laughs> get the liquid and attack people. <laughs> Start jerking off on people to spread botulism. (laughs) Wouldn't be the weirdest thing in this story, let me tell you. They wouldn't have to jerk off. Just run by the police station and grab their cups of cum from DNA and throw those on people. (laughs) It's the easiest way to do it. Oh, boy. That was some episode. (laughs) That's one way to put it. So by the end of 1991, Um Shinrikyo's following had grown to 7,000 members and it was mainly due to very successful marketing. They published Shoko Asahara's lectures, a monthly magazine, and their ace in the hole was anime and manga. The anime starred Shoko Asahara as the main character. And just to put it in perspective on how effective the anime was, the top anime film in Japan around this time pulled in $40 million. So they were pulling in like, like box office type numbers for some of these, you know, for some of the anime movies over there. Mm -hmm. So this was like huge, super successful for him. And mangas are like black and white comic, serial comic kind of. Right. Yeah. I couldn't, I looked for the manga stuff, but I couldn't find anything. Mm. I could, there are some videos of, uh, the anime online, but they're not translated in English, so yeah. I have no idea. But it shows Shoko Asahara sitting in the guru position, like levitating through the air, flying over mountains wow. and shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's all fucking kind of buff looking with this sweet beard, like nothing what he really looks <laughs> right, like. Right. But yeah, as these members, as the it was reaching, like like we said, seven thousand people. The compounds also grew, and they now had into the hundreds all around Japan. Wow. Yeah. The main one was still in, in right by Mount Fuji, but they had tons of them. And the compounds were just absolutely disgusting. They were infested with roaches, which couldn't be killed because Shoko Asahara said it would bring bad karma to kill the roaches. <laughs> Punishments were being issued where members would have to eat a dozen oranges in one sitting. And if they threw up, they had to eat their own vomit. And they were complaining about not being fed. <laughs> yeah. 
I also saw one another example where they had to like eat two raw cabbages in one sitting. It's a lot and of cabbage. Yeah, and if you yeah. threw up, you'd have to eat your oh. eat it. Imagine all the swords in your mouth after eating all those oranges. Oh. From like the yeah. acid. But then when you throw up from eating your vomit, do you have to eat that again? But then when you throw that up, do you have to eat it again? Yeah, it sounded like oh. you were going to keep it down until it stayed down. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck it, just boil my head, dude. Just boil my head. I'll also throw in some of that cabbage. Just boil the cabbage. <laughs> what would you rather do? A dozen oranges or two raw cabbage? Cabbages. Dozen oranges. Yeah, I feel like I could pull off the oranges. You think so? Yeah. I could do the oranges. Is uh, like a head of cabbage big and raw? Is it like what is it like raw? Crunchy. I guess yeah, it probably wouldn't be very good. Terrible raw. <laughs> yeah. But does it, does it taste bad or is it just like bland? Bland. It tastes like because I feel like that would maybe be easier to stomach. Like if you're and already not throw mal- up. If you're already, but this is a punishment. So if you're already malnourished. You're not used to eating very much food at all. You're just eating rice and tofu, like small amounts. But a dozen oranges is a lot of oranges, though, too. I feel like that would make you puke. The oranges would easily make you puke, too, being malnourished. Yeah. You'd be shitting for days with the cabbage. Yeah. Yeah, your stomach would be fucked up. Oh, I don't know. This is something to think about. You want to try it? Like, for the fans vote which one you're going to try? No, maybe <laughs> you guys should do something. You guys take a vote and do it. I'm going to have to fucking watch Grey's Anatomy for the next three years of my goddamn life. I think I'd rather eat the cabbage than Grey's Anatomy. If Grey's Anatomy wins, I want an out where I could eat two raw cabbages on air. You guys just hear me. Done. <laughs> done. We'll, we'll absolutely yeah. do that. I would be interested to see how that plays No, out. that's not going to happen because now everyone's going to fucking vote for Grey's Anatomy to do that. That's not happening. We'll get Joey Chesson over here when he can compete against you in the <laughs> Cabbage World Championship. Safe to say I would not win. Now, if homie wants to throw down some double cheeseburgers, let's talk. <laughs> so the, the kids in, in these compounds were separated from their parents to live in their own area. Um, they were extremely malnourished. And in some cases, because there were kids being born into this situation before Shoko outlawed sex, some of these kids were just like straight up feral. Like not, they couldn't talk. They were just completely like feral kids. It's a wild scene. Yeah. Like we were talking about before, Shoko Asahara's third daughter, Reika, was given rule over the kids in the compound. And she was like the heir to the throne when after he died. And she just, she sounded like a mini like like Hitler almost Mengele Dr. Yeah, Mengele yeah she was doing um like human experiments on these kids and stuff Ugh. like putting different how kind- old did you say she was not very old teens probably oh. and putting uh she would like put different kinds of acid on them to see what would happen just really f- just Brutal. fucked up stuff yeah so by 1994 they had high ranking members in the government military and other high profile people being members of the group because like we said not everybody lived in the compounds but they were attracting some pretty high profile people and to get these people Shoko Asahara used a main cult technique that we haven't talked about yet which was sex all right here we go now it gets good (laughs) so who's running their schedules in the early days Shoko's teachings were really pro-sex and here's so here's what he was initially telling his followers to do regarding sex So he teaches, masturbate daily for 10 days, but never ejaculate. Then start masturbating twice a day for a week, never ejaculate. Then do it four times a day for a week, then five. Then finally on the sixth week, when you are masturbating six times a day without ejaculation, 
this sounds like me every day of my life until I lost my virginity last year. <laughs> you just get to the point of ejaculating and stop. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It's my routine, man, up until last year. <laughs> then finally, on the sixth week, when you are masturbating six times a day without ejaculating, go out and find a woman to have sex with. When you find this woman, put yourself inside her. But don't pull out until you have done 81 flexing texting. <laughs> And until you have done 81 flexing techniques with your penis. Called them moribondas. Moribondas? That's what he called them. There's no real thing out there for moribondas when you Google it. I love that you Googled it. How afraid were you with what you were going to find? At this point, when I'm Googling how to, what's more effective, biological weapons or chemical weapons? Yeah, the NSA's already reading our stuff. Flexing penis techniques. After this, go in and out nine times, then another 81 of the flexing thing, then 18 thrusts with 81 flexing things. Keep doing this until you can't anymore and you will have an out-of-body experience and your supernatural powers will be increased. Yeah, the out-of-body experience is that your balls are so blue, your, your sack looks like Papa Smurf at this point. <laughs> but at this point then, like... He's telling you to ejaculate then, right? Yeah, yeah. The out-of-body experience. That's when you get your out-of-body Meanwhile, oh, she's yeah. plastered against the wall like a fire hose. <laughs> the thing that I was confused about with this is you just go out and find a woman to do this with. So this isn't somebody like that you know very well. or So you're like, all right, well, I'm going to do this whole just put Six myself in. of blue-balling yourself. <laughs> and I'm just going to just put myself inside this woman and just start doing these 81 Murabandas is flexing. Well, like, would this woman be like, that? Is that a new shirt? Morabanda. <laughs> I would imagine. I would buy that shirt. As a woman, I would be very, um, what is happening right now? <laughs> 81. You're sitting there like, one, two, three, four. Wait, shh, stop talking. You're going to mess me up. Where was I? Fuck. One, yeah. two, three. And you got to get to 81. Can you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to get supernatural powers right now. I need you to stop talking. 67, 68, 69. Oh, blew it. Got to go start the six weeks all over again. So that, that was at the beginning of um, Shinrikyo. And that was like, you know, luring in these, these high profile people. But come back to the like 90s, 94. Uh, followers were no longer allowed to have sex and the ones that were caught were forced to wear dog collars um, and only walk around on their hands and knees and eat scraps off the floor masturbation would land you a week in solitary confinement but of course none of this applied to shoko asahara and he slept with as many followers as possible oh, of course he did yeah so what brought about the change I think it's just that that cult rule kind of thing. Just get them in with the one way and then change everything up to kind of lock them down. Just crack down on this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's why, like I said, those two people said that they fell in love. We're not going to have any more of this. (laughs) That ain't happening. He should have kept this going. What woman's going to fall in love with a guy that does 81 masturbatoros? Masturbatoros. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it was six weeks of masturbatoring. (laughs) And then it was moribondos. That's funny. Not today, Master Bataro. <laughs> so, we all kinds of shirt ideas going on today. <laughs> Master Bataro extraordinaire. 
It's like got white splotches painted all down the wall. <laughs> it replaces the pew pew pew. Yeah. Pew. <laughs> splat splat splat. Oh, my face hurts. So the the final staple of almost all cults is drugs. And just like with uh, with Jim Jones, when things get to a certain point, most cult leaders turn to drugs to keep themselves going. And Shoko Asahara's drug of choice was LSD. Eve- he looks like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, um, Shinrikyo scientists would manufacture enough LSD to equal 5 million hits. They were mass producing this. Damn. And it was so, this shit was so strong that followers wore diapers while they were on it because they would just piss themselves from tripping so hard. <laughs> so, so just like picture it. This is this filthy compound. You're just wearing this rubber hat full of electrodes <laughs> and just blown out on LSD at all times. Life sure is great for these people. <laughs> Are there any pics from back then inside the compound? I don't think so, no. Because I'd like to see that. Googling it. It's just some cults, or a lot of cults, you can look at it and be like, oh, you know, why why don't you get out kind of thing. But this, at this point, it's like people are just fucking wrecked on LSD and wearing these electrode hats. It's like They're out of their minds yeah. at this point. It's like there's old video of Jim Jones and Heaven's Gate and all that stuff. It's just, I've never seen... Any old video of these guys? There's, yeah, I'm not finding a lot. TV appearances with, mm. um, with Shoko going on to like, really, yeah, doing like, um, like putting his hands on someone's head to heal them kind oh, of thing. Yeah. He's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of a person that would. He would go on like Japanese talk shows. I'm trying to think of someone that would equal that in America, like daytime talk show guy that would would be like Jerry Springer. Yeah, but like a guest that they would have on or something that did something weird. Like like mm. people in Japan looked at, the majority of Japan looked at Shoko Asahara as like this kind of sideshow daytime TV guy that did yeah, this. Yeah, okay. This had the, the faith healing shit. That's why when we get into part two and what goes down and when all this comes out, it's like, oh, wait, that weird guy from the Yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> wait, okay. he was going <laughs> to kick off Armageddon here. <laughs> So, but as you could imagine, with the scene, with just being just ripped up on LSD and and trying to weaponize botulism, there were tons of accidents, which resulted in a lot of deaths around the compounds. So they would cremate these bodies, and at first using a device that Shoko invented called the, quote, the final cleaner. This thing shot air through a floor that was covered in blazing hot sand that would fully cremate someone in 30 minutes. What the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) But so, but they settled on a device that was uh, like a a refrigerator sized machine that they called the microwave. The dead body would be placed in a metal barrel and then put inside the microwave and not long after um, the body would basically melt down and then crust to the sides of the barrel and then they would just like kind of break off the crusted remains and mix it with acid and then flush it down in the toilet wow <laughs> yeah it seemed like the 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 final cleaner was more effective with the sand but they went with the microwave can you imagine having to do that scrape yeah. out that barrel that's disgusting yeah and Whew. terrible yeah so his cult members mysteriously uh, kept disappearing, which 
died, Shoko Asahara would start to ramp up blaming the U.S. for these disappearances. And with this, the cult had an enemy. And at this point, every classic cult trait has been checked off the list. But the biological weapons failed. So Shoko Asahara turned to Russia for help. And that's where we'll pick up for part two. Russia. Russia. Oh, boy. This story is nuts. Yeah, I'd say so. That's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect it's going to get even more nuttier. Next. Flushing remains down toilets. Eating oranges. Eating cabbage. Taking a lot of LSD. Pissing yourself. People just give up their lives and follow this shit. Electro hats. (laughs) (laughs) Diapers. Went from learning how to gain x-ray vision and... Levitating, levitating. To, now we're going to weaponize botulism. <laughs> that doesn't work. We're going to head over to Russia. And, it man. would be a hell of an anime, man. If this it was would simply be sweet. just that. Yeah, this would be sweet if it just stayed as a... The belief system would have been sweet mm. if it just stayed as an anime. And I'm sure shit's going to get wilder next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Next week we're going to... Shoko Asahara is going to, going to buy a, a full-blown military helicopter from Russia that... Is equipped with missiles and because uh, this is the kind old, of guy who this is the kind of guy who needs that kind of stuff. <laughs> big old uh, rail gun on the front of it and Ooh, shit. And yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for part. I'm not even gonna put it in the outline. I'm gonna want you guys to have to guess where they tried to learn to fly that thing. Okay, be a fun little game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ian, you got anything else on part one of uh, um, Shinrikyo? Nope, that's it. Dave, you got anything to add to this? Uh, nope. Fun little terrible story. Can't wait for part two. Yeah. Exciting. Next week. Exciting times, guys. <laughs> um, so quick shout out to our recent patrons, uh, Alexandra, Amanda Freeze, Bonnie Morris, Chris Van Benthusen, Jake Stasevich, Jenna, Josh Hall, Casey Gale Whitaker, Mandy Covert, Michael Madsen, Missy D. Bynum, Mitch Smith, and Nick McGee. Uh, again, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Um, three bonus episodes a month, uh, private Discord, uh, chat room with all of us. And um, if you're interested in signing up, you can get on to Patreon. And the, the link is on our uh, social media profiles. Uh, we'd love to have you guys. So thanks to all the patrons who have signed up. We really appreciate it. Ian, what else you got? Um, shout outs for iTunes. I have Chelsea R83. Born with Class Designs and GDGHI. And Born with Class Designs sounds like they have a really cool mom because their mom got them into the podcast. Oh, yeah. Way to go, mom. Nice. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. All right, Dave, you got any social uh, shout outs? Uh, From Instagram, Chelsea Wheeler. Thanks for repping the show. Appreciate it. Uh, also, shout out to Chelsea who painted us an awesome Necronomapod sign that's going up in our studio. Um, thank you for that. And then also uh, patron Kelsey, who sent us a whole bunch of fun gifts, made us some stuff. We got that all now displayed in our um, in our studio. And I think uh, it'll be featured on the blog at some point when we get that out as well. There you go. Yeah. Good right. stuff. Thank you. Cool. Thank, thank you, guys. Thanks, uh, both of you ladies, for the gifts. Yes. Badass. Uh, on the socials, we you can find us at Necronomapod. Check us out there. We love to interact with you guys. Let us know uh, what uh, what show you want me to binge. Right now, Breaking Bad's got a commanding lead. At this point, I hope it stays that way. All right. That's one point of view. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for a cool down here? Cheers. Cheers.